listening to Once Upon a Time. I'm Josh. And I'm Steph. You done eating your popcorn over there? For now, yeah. For now? For Good. Now. I don't think. I made popcorn for the kids. It smelled delicious. I had to have some. <laughs> and you brought it up here in the room. I did. So now we get to stare at it the whole time we talk. So Which if is... you hear some, that's me eating popcorn. Well, I hope we don't hear that. <laughs> I'll try. Okay. I'll do good. So I'll be your mirror. You'll be my mirror. Oh, you'll be my mirror. I'll be your mirror. I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Uh, you think they ever at any point wanted to play Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror? Like just for fun to see if anybody got it? Uh, probably not. Yeah. But the song choice over the montage that they played, um, I want to say it's by, it's an old song by Donovan. I think it's Colors. If not mistaken, had you ever heard that song before? I don't even know what montage you're talking about. At the beginning of the episode between Snow Snow and and David. I guess I never noticed that there was music. I was too busy watching how perfectly that seemed to work and thinking, God, we could get so much accomplished if that actually happened. I I actually, that's, I really like that. Mm -hmm. And I could have watched that for a few more minutes. Yeah, no, it was a great it was a great scene the way that they were working to figure out when she was awake all the stuff that she would do and she'd write him notes and do things and then he would make her breakfast, give her a kiss and she'd go to sleep and she wakes up fantastic breakfast made for. Her. I mean, that's pretty legit. I still feel like he did most of the chores though. Well, I mean, she took care <laughs> I think the person that really gets the shaft at all that is the baby because every time they lay him down, somebody else wakes up and picks him up. So he like probably hasn't gotten any rest throughout this whole thing. Uh, I know I'm fantastic and I know you want to spend time with me, but can I catch a nap? (laughs) That's right. Could somebody give me a sleeping (laughs) spell, please? Because I'm exhausted. You people are killing me. Done with you people. Mm -hmm. What is it with you? I know what it is. You're trying to make it up, make up for the several seasons where I've been an afterthought. <laughs> shouldn't I mean he really shouldn't be that little anymore? No, probably no. Not. I mean he should be walking. He should be almost. Yeah, at least he should be at least feeding himself. Yeah, he shouldn't be in a little crib looking all tiny and cute. <laughs> but That's you know, okay. what do we know? But yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was cool. I like, he got her the flowers. We see that the flowers. It was a great way to mark the passage of time with him chunking the flowers that were dying and. I thought it was a really great scene, but I, seriously, I think that's, I think every marriage would, I think there would be no divorce if marriages always worked like that. Never. There'd never be a divorce. Never being, never being awake at right. the same time. It's very romantic. You're writing notes for each other until you decide to just crumple up an empty piece of paper and throw that away. It's but very even sweet. In, but even in not writing a note. He knew that he, that she missed him. He, exactly. Yeah. That's so sweet. And then I ask you, how would they, how would he have known that? Had because they not they've had been her? together forever. Right, that's my point. So you have to be together for a while before the sleeping curse kicks in. Oh, well, you yeah. You, you, you got to put the time in. Maybe around put- like year six, because it's year, year seven that people seem to always have so much trouble. Maybe around year six, you do the sleeping curse. And then you just do that for like the next 15, 20 years. Hmm. And then maybe, maybe break it after that, enjoy a couple more years together, and then go right back to sleeping all the time. Hmm. I think there's some, I think we should work on that. Hmm. That's a million dollar idea right there. I think what I'm hearing is about year six for us. (laughs) (laughs) You wish we'd have hit the pause button. That's kind of what I'm hearing. I think that would have been, I think everybody. Wait, wait, hold on. No, year seven (laughs) is traditionally one of the hardest years for marriage. 
Seven and I think 13. I don't know if that's statistically right, but... Well, we may have to cut this episode short because apparently Josh and Steph need counseling. (laughs) We need a nap. (laughs) We need to go take a nap. No, I just, I thought it was a great scene. I thought it, I thought it worked really, really well. It was a cool way to show it. It was, it was a neat, I mean, you always see how much they love each other, but that being that purposeful, I, I just think is just very, very cool. I also thought it was a great reminder of how we see this, it's a story about fairy tales and it's magical, but they still have to do everyday things and brush their teeth. Who who wants to see that on a regular basis? No one, because there's no real drama in that, but that's real life. And I like the fact that they were able to weave that back in Mm -hmm. to remind us, Hey, uh, they still have to deal with the day-to-day stuff as well. And I think it also helped remind us of how their, how strong their love really is uh, in showing that they were, you know, they're, they have to fight through that. They have to fight mm-hmm. through the mundane, silly. I mean, we're under a curse, but life goes on. Right. We have the baby mm-hmm. that we have to take care of mm-hmm. and, there's still chores that need to be done. There's still stuff that needs to happen. Not every, not everything can be put completely on hold. So I, I was, I love the reminder. I love the split screen. I love the way that that was shot and the way that was framed and just that whole sequence I thought was really good. Yeah. And, and the way that it capped off was with snow saying that's enough to spare for one day. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that you yeah. know, because they were all feeling all mopey and sad. She's like, that's it. We're done. Let's just, we're done. And, and when snow gets mopey and sad, that's a, dark day for everyone it is because it takes a lot you know it i think everyone has that centerpiece in their life uh, their family their friends whatever that whatever circles they may have that they have that one person if that one person gets upset or 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 are sick or whatever it's like nothing kind of works they're like the glue that holds everything together Mm -hmm. so yeah but i like that that's that's enough to spare for one day yeah it's enough to spare for one day and they moved on. And and so what they moved on to was the evil queen. And I can't think of many other things to move on to from that. And she's just, oh my gosh, her outfits and her jewelry. And it's just killing me because the more glorious she gets, the frumpier Emma gets. And it's, <laughs> I just, it, we talked about that, about them using all the money, the budget, the clothing budget on EQ's wardrobe instead of anybody else's. But, um, I, I, you know, I don't understand. Ever since Emma and Hook have gotten together and he's moved in, all the leather's gone, all of the fun clothes are gone, and she's just wearing these. I mean, it was a pretty little coat. I'm not saying it was that she looked, I mean, she looked beautiful. I wasn't ragging on how she looked. She's just not dressing like herself. And she's so down and so mopey, and she's living every day like she's about to die. And oh, she's so whiny. And I just, that's not who she is. No, but she's caught up in the. Her destiny. Right. But and we saw a lot more of that this episode where right, she, was she was willing to sacrifice her, herself because, well, why wouldn't I? Why why, sh- why shouldn't I? Right. I'm going to die anyway. Throw myself in front of the train. Right. I need to make sure he's okay. You think he's going to be okay? He's going to be okay without me. Blah, blah. Henry. Yeah, Henry. Yeah, that's who. Yeah. But I just, she's living like she's about to croak tomorrow. And I get it. You've seen this thing, but have you not learned anything from the last however many years that you've lived in Storybook? Things don't always happen the way that you think that they're going to happen. And who really thinks that that's how that's going to play out? I don't. Right. Well, because you don't know. 
and it could be tom- tomorrow. It could be right. tonight. I guess the point would be suck, suck the joy and happiness out of every moment until that happens. Right. But it's hard. It's one thing to sit here and say that, but then to live that out and in, in practicality is not always, well, this doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah, so, but that's why I, you I need just, those people around you to slap you around and say, right. Hey, remind you, Hey, life is worth living sure. uh, and is for the living. Yeah. And yeah. So what if you are going to die soon? Well then live it up. Right. You know, and, let's, and let's like enjoy that, the time that you have if this is going to happen. And I like that Regina has kind of become that for her. They're, they're more of a um, Thelma and Louise at this point. I think they're, you know, <laughs> I mean, they've gone through the, the two of their relationship has gone through so much. They hated each other at first and they couldn't stand each other. And then they went back to hating each other and then they kind of started dealing with each other. And now I think they truly are friends and they truly do have each other's backs. And now it's their son. And so, I mean, things have changed dramatically for them over the course of all these years. And it's really, really cool to see that, that friendship in two women on TV. I think that's great because that's how most, I mean, I, I know, you know, me and my friend who've been together forever, we've been, you know, we, we are that for each other. So it's kind of so cool to see that kind of best friend relationship depicted on TV, especially when you know where they've come from. Does, does she listen to our show, does she know about? No, because you know, I don't think she does. Well, because I, because she, I don't think she wants. She's not a once upon a. She doesn't have. She likes all the crime dramas. Yeah, like she could kill somebody in a heartbeat and know where to put a body, but she wouldn't watch a fairy tale. Oh, well, this is good. It's <laughs> good write to know. This down. Good to know. <laughs> I was just asking because I thought if she did listen to our podcast, then she would be going oh right now. Yeah, no, she's she's all. <laughs> um, what do they true call crime. that? True, cr- true yeah, crime. Yeah, true crime, all that junk. I don't eh, like all that. Eh. I don't, I, don't I like get that. enough of reality. That's why I love shows like Once Yeah, Upon exactly. A Time. I, I want to escape. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with the real world anymore. Nope. nope. I don't want to okay. know. Yeah. So, Regina and, well, Regina went off after the whole Snow and David uh, montage, mm-hmm. which also fits into the 80s theme of this episode. Nice yeah, montage. there's a lot of a lot 80s, of 80s yeah. references. A lot of 80s references. 80s references and Star, Star Wars, Wars references. I don't know how much better it could get than That's a that. Good point. That is, you had John Hughes <laughs> and you had Star Wars. Not we'll, much more you need. We'll get to we'll get to old Mr. Hughes here in just yes. a second. She wanted to fix this for David and Snow because mm-hmm. it was she, all her fault. She her said. fault. And so she had an idea. Let's let's banish the evil queen into the mirror world, mm-hmm. which. I don't think we've really heard about. Well, we knew that she had put we, Sydney there we, right. a lifetime well, we, ago. Okay, yeah, but we did we know to the extent of how it worked? No, I don't. Or, not not that I, I know of. I, I don't mean, remember. We just knew that, that she had put him in there, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it was like a thing, like a world where you could live. I mean, I knew he lived in it, but he's a dude, one dude, not. I, I guess. I guess what my my thought was: Did we know to the extent? that you would be able, well, we figure out, we finally figure out why she was able to know so much that was going on. Cause remember I had made reference to, uh, knowing where the shears were Mm -hmm. and where Henry was Mm -hmm. several episodes ago. Well, because she's using mirrors, uh, to, to look, uh, into people's homes and she's, she's a peeping Tom. Yes. She's a peeping Regina. So can you imagine? Peeping queen. (laughs) Peeping queen. (laughs) Doesn't have the same ring to it. But she's a PQ. Can you, now she sounds like a Pokemon monster. Uh, 
I gotta get that thought out of my head. <laughs> I would want to catch all of those. Okay. Um, speaking of which, so okay, you can see uh, the application of being able to see through any mirror. Wow, creepy. Yeah, there would Creepy. be a lot of mirrors. I would just be like, nope. Because here's I'd the cover thing. them. I would just yes, cover them. I wouldn't want to know. Because there's things you can't unsee. Nope. There's things you can't unsee. Well, because, you know, my, okay, so a lot of this around John Hughes and, you know, he was the the king of teenage, well, certainly teenage angst, yeah. but, but certainly teenage movies spoke directly to teens. So mm-hmm. my teen self, of course, wants to think to the applications that are a little more on the, uh, uh, I don't know, scandalous side. But I would think I would be just, it would be just as easy for me to look through a mirror and instead of seeing red, seeing granny. And because of that thought, <laughs> all over. because of that thought, I don't want to look through any mirror now just because that risk is too great. You're seeing grumpy in the shower. No, thank no, you. No, 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 no. Yeah. I know I get you. Or grumpy I, taking a grumpy. I, I don't would, know. I would the have, point is, it's not good. I would have curtains <laughs> hanging over the majority of the mirrors in the place. Yeah. Because no, you don't not. need to see that. Anyway. People up in there. Yeah. No. So, so yeah. So, Regina says it's her fault. She's going to fix it. She's going to go and, and stick the queen in mirror world. Um, meanwhile, poor Henry. Henry is stressed out about a dance. And it's so funny because you remember he's a kid, but he's he's he hasn't been able to really be a kid this whole time. Well, now he's a teenager and he's got a girlfriend. He's talking to the about a dance and how stressed out he is. And his grandma wants him to go. Well, his grandma's freaking Regina and the evil queen all rolled into one or two or I don't even know how many people. But so he's got all this stress. And it's just, and then you have Emma and the, oh, so whiny Emma. I feel really bad for Henry. How's it that he's still only in middle school? I feel like he should be graduating high school by now. Well, no, because it's I been, know, but yeah, still, know, it's because, just, it just feels you know what? weird. And, and so looking at him in the mirror when he was getting all spiffy for the dance, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there staring at him. And it was really, I thought the other, and I know I'm jumping way ahead, but the other cool... My two favorite cool scenes from that was the montage with Charming and Snow. But then my other favorite part, and I really, really, really kept thinking about this because we watched it now uh, twice, is when Regina and Emma are in the mirror world and they're watching the Hen- Mirror World. I okay, couldn't say it. it. Mirror okay. World. It's <laughs> hard to say. Um, they're in the world and they're kind of lean. It's like they're. It's like they're watching a TV show, mm-hmm. the way that they're kind of just standing there watching, and it's Henry kind of prepping and primping in the mirror before uh, Evil Queen walks in dressed as Regina, and Regina's like, oh, no, she did, you know, that kind of stuff, and she's shocked that she's wearing her clothes and being her, but they're just watching him, and it's like, it was such a neat, as a mom, the way that they were watching him, and just the comments about, you know, Emma says, uh he looks so grown up and Regina says he looks terrified, you know, and just the two of them, I think they make together, they make the absolute perfect mother because you've got one that's so mothering and one that's so, um, hardcore, but yet not to the EQ hardcore. Mm-hmm. And so they just, it's funny the way that they both talked about how he was getting ready and what they saw in him and just watching him progress as a young man. And all I kept thinking was when he's looking in the mirror, he looks nothing like Emma or Neil. Good point. At all. No. Like there's no, no right. there's no nothing. But 
you know, this is a TV show. I understand that. But I guess I've never really paid attention to that before because he is their kid. You know, but tonight, for some reason, when I was rewatching it, I just, it dawned on me how little he looks like either of them. So I guess what happened is the casting director that cast the young lady young. that played the young Snow uh, got fired. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, because she was so perfect. She was so spot on. That's what I was going to go with. (sighs) And then she was like, I can never cast anybody again because I've done the best perfection. I've spent all my talent (laughs) on this one casting. And I don't know if it's that he's changed because, you know, when people grow up, they change and, you know, he's just as cute as he can be. But I, I don't know. There's just something about it. Neither him. of them had black hair. Is that what you're trying to Well, say? and the eyes and <laughs> just the facial structure and just, I don't know. There's just something. It just dawned on me for the first time. Like I looked at him as a young man, I think, as stupid as that sounds, watching him get ready. He is a young man. Well, I know that. But I mean, I looked at him that way as opposed to being Henry. You know, when you watch somebody grow up, as dumb as this sounds, because yes, I know it's a TV show, but you watch somebody grow up and they're a kid, they're a kid, they're your friend's kids, whatever. Then all of a sudden they hit that point where they don't look like kids anymore. They look like like our kids. They're 12, 13. They're starting to change. They don't look like kids anymore. And so you look at them and and you kind of look and you still see, okay, is there still some of Josh in there? Is there still some of me in there? Or are they just becoming their own person? And I guess I looked at Henry tonight as his own person. And I realize he looks nothing like either of them. That's all. Okay. That's all I had. That's fair. I mean, to be fair, I think he's a 40-year-old man tra- trapped in a teenager's body. <laughs> well, Clearly. he's had to be. Clearly. Because John Hughes, I mean, really? Well, but Is that all they have? Why are they stuck? They're, no, they're Why not are they stuck, stuck in that time? Well, no, I, they're not stuck. You... I'm going to show our kids all those movies. I understand that. No. But- all I'm saying is that my only gripe is that where is the a little more current? Well, what uh, are they going to grow him up? What are what are they supposed to have shown him? What was Regina and Emma? What were they supposed to show him as far as teenage movies? You tell me. What so they else don't is have out the, there. So they don't have the internet. They don't have TV. Well, so there's plenty of current. TV shows, movies, music. They drive even. old-fashioned cars. I, I don't think they're... I understand that, but all I'm trying to say is that it is written by a 40-year-old. It's uh, The show was created by men in their 40s, right? So well, that's what they grew... That's what they know. I, I understand that, but you've made it painfully obvious that you've injected that into this character when it makes it feel a little less genuine. I don't... I love the references, don't get me wrong. I don't mind that at all. I think it's fun, but it's a little jarring in the sense that a current teenager wouldn't be, unless he's just that, that special kid, that one that like that was born in the wrong time. And that stuff does speak to him. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I just, it took me out of the moment just a little bit, and it shouldn't have. I guess, I guess mm. that's all I'm trying to say. Again, I don't mind the references. I love the references because... You are a 40-year-old th- man. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you didn't know, <laughs> now you do. Um, <laughs> no, I love the references. I'm just, I'm just saying it just it makes it painfully obvious that so, something outside the creators of the show have injected that 
into the character well, as opposed to make it a little more relevant. I but guess I think I, I think he is different, you know, and I think Henry's a different a good, kid. He's yeah. he's had to grow up differently. I mean, my lord, look what he grew up in, and he's the author for Pete's sake. So I mean, he's not a normal kid. And then you have he's dating. Violet and poor thing doesn't know if she's an athlete or a jock. If she doesn't know if she's a jock or a brain, or I just started laughing at that. I was like, yeah, that's tough. But I, you know, I liked the reason I liked it so much is because he's going through all this teenage angsty stuff, and I don't think there are any other references that they could have put in there to describe that so perfectly as a John Hughes movie. Because you hear that no matter how old you are. And if you're young, like if you're 20 and you've never seen Breakfast Club or 16 Candles or any of those movies, you are going to go, who's John Hughes? And you're going to look it up. And then I guarantee you're going to fall in love with those movies and you'll know instantly what they meant. But I don't think that there's anything that signifies that angst and that fear and that who am I other than a John Hughes movie. And yes, I am wearing a shirt currently that says a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. That's what I'm wearing on my body, if that tells you where my heart is. That is quite (laughs) fortuitous. That was not planned at all. That was not planned at all. Not planned at all. That's an excellent point. I will give you that. I just, and maybe that was the point. Yeah, it's angsty. That's what they're dealing with. And if that's, that, and then you're right. That works. And, and you know, and it kind of I would of like ties, to withdraw my complaint. Thank you very much. It ties in, you know, and it ties in too. Um, I think it ties in too with all the stuff that Evil Queen is trying to push Henry so hard. She doesn't think he has a backbone. She doesn't think he's good enough. Not good enough, excuse me. She knows he's good enough. Um, but she doesn't think he's strong enough and that he's too much of a wimp. And so she wants to make him harder and make him, um, you know, have a backbone and stand up straight and posture is everything, which ends up being the thing that helps him realize that that's not Regina. And so she's pushing him and pushing him and pushing him again. This is a teenage boy. And so he's getting, he's got all this stuff, you know, and I, I think this is a, as great as the snow and charming stuff was at the beginning. This is totally a Henry is a teenage kid angsty episode because he's going through all of this stuff at school and with his little girlfriend. And then he's got three moms who are losing their minds in different ways. One who is ready to hop in a coffin and close the door. And the other one who's trying to fight herself. And it's just a weird, I just, he's just. (sighs) Do you think the evil queen is, why, why do you think he's, she's, Pushing him. Why do you think she's tested him this way and giving him, forcing him to make a cho- choice to well, smash the heart with a hammer of Hephaestus? Hephaestus? I think that's how you pronounce it. I thought it, it was Festivus. <laughs> that's what oh. I heard. I was like, really? Festivus, Festivus? for the rest of us. Because <laughs> I wrote down Serenity Festivus? now. <laughs> no, she says, um, you know, because she and, she and Rumpel have some great scenes about having to take care of your children and do things for your children that seem harsh, but you're trying to make them stronger and you know that that's what you have to do. And And she makes a reference to Cora and she says, sometimes all you need is a little push. And and so you know that Cora was real, real, real hard on her. Obviously, we've seen Cora. We know what Cora tried to p- turn her into. Um, and so I think she wants Henry to not be weak. And she talks about, they have a moment when they're, when they're on the shore and she talks about the fact that she was the one that helped him conquer his fear of the dark. And she was the one that did this because... You know, Regina keeps saying, you're not his mom. And she said, yes, I am. You know, and you have to think about that for a minute because this woman, Regina, was both of those things. She was this the nurturing Regina and then she was the evil queen. 
And so for every good mom moment that she may have had, she also had the moment where she made him go and face his fear of the dark and she made him go and do this. And that was all EQ. And so it's such a, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think as a kid, it might be kind of cool to have your mom separated into two to try to figure out if she was a good mom or an evil mom, because I think every kid sees that, you know, you have the good mom who's making your cookies and apple pies and then the bad one who makes you go, you know, confront fears. Why would the bad one be, why would you consider that bad, making you confront your fears? Well, because she said that she was trying to make him hard. She was trying to make him strong. Okay. And, and so I so think. So maybe pushing him beyond the limits of what you should ask for of a, a child comfort that's level. not emotionally yeah. mature Absolutely. enough to do so. Yes. So I I would maybe submit, are we, are we sure that she's trying, are she trying to toughen him up for something and give him that backbone? Why, why would, why would she care about that? Why would she care about him? Why being would strong? she care about? Yeah, I mean, yes, it's her her son, but if she's been separated, if the goodness has been taken, if she's separated from the goodness, and now she's just all bad, why? Why would she? Why would she care? Well, because she keeps talking about. Well, she and Rumpel talked about not having a happy ending. You know, villains don't get happy endings. You know that. And she was like, I don't want a happy ending anymore. I want a new, be- a happy beginning or a new beginning. So maybe she's thinking that if Henry's evil that he'll go and live off somewhere with her and they'll be evil together. I think we're on to something there. I think that uh, gold Mm -hmm. in in this instance, reminding her of what her mother, Cora, always said about love. And I'm forgetting the exact quote now. I'm hoping you remember, but it's something to the fact of how, uh, Love will get in the way of you getting what you want. It's a hindrance. And she says it's and, not a hindrance. It's and, a, it's a, um, and, and she didn't directly, she subtly rejected that notion. Whereas Rumple and Cora, I think, are sold out to that idea. Yeah. He said love is a weakness. And love, she said it mm-hmm. can be, but it can it also can. be a weapon. Mm, okay. And she was going to use it on Henry. Right. So she knows that the way to get through Henry is to act like she cares about him. I think more than anything else is she's setting uh, Henry up to make choices. And when she says that she's confident, so that's how she's so confident that he'll make the right choice, is that if he does what she wants him to do and kind of crosses that line and lets some of the darkness in, Mm -hmm. he will have have empathy for her. And I actually think that's, I think that's, I think that is what she craves and desires above all else. And that seems to be in line with the new beginning because she deeply cares for and loves Henry. And I think she knows that the only one out of any of the people in Storybrooke that could ever return that love is her son. Well, and she, yeah, she did say she's when he said something about smashing the heart. You know, that's not going to make me bad. And she said, no, it won't make you evil. It'll help you understand me better. Mm-hmm. And um, they had that conversation. They, they had the Star Wars reference that they were talking about. <laughs> he said something about don't Darth, don't try to Darth Vader me. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, we both seen that movie enough times to know Darth Vader wasn't all bad. Well, uh, it wasn't exactly black and white, well, to which I think you could say, I don't know, his uh, his uh, his outfit was black, and when he removed his helmet, oh, uh, his right. face that's, was white. That's not what so, she no, meant. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not what she meant. She at said all, he was but, a leader, 
and leaders have to make tough choices. And I, I think that's how she sees herself. Absolutely. And yeah. but but see, let's not forget Vader's Vader's story is a story of redemption. Right. Okay. Which is ultimately what we've talked about a kajillion times okay. that once upon a so, time ultimately is or will be, we think, is Regina's redemption. Y- yes. Yes. Um, but I think that she uh, – let's just stop for a second. And I'm not tr- – I don't want to paint the evil queen in a – Non-evil light. In a non-evil light necessarily, but – I. You know me. I like to understand things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to understand where things come from and why people make decisions and why people do the things they do without justifying why they do it. I want to understand. That doesn't mean I'm going to let you off the hook. You still have consequences that need to come in your way. But I do want to understand where you're coming from. Uh, Where was I going with that? I really don't know. so this whole this whole idea of her ha- her wanting to create this empathy and oh everyone and they really amped it up in this episode when uh she was when the evil queen was playing regina mm-hmm. which side note L- lana playing the evil queen playing regina is some of the best acting uh in the series and just her I would say her performances in in this season six have just been fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, even in the scenes, the yucky scenes between her Ugh. and and Rumple, there's there's some stuff going on. Especially when he asked her to kill Regina. If you go back and watch that Zelina. exchange, uh, excuse me, Zelina, that exchange and what he was asking her to do, there's some subtle facial gestures yeah, there that are just quite fantastic. But her her playing the evil queen playing Regina was great. Yep. What I'm getting at is Snow even went so far as to tell her, oh gosh, you know, and you gotta remember it's the evil queen as Regina. And so she busts into the door saying, you know, okay, it's all taken care of. And they, they, they don't know they're talking to the evil queen. They think mm-hmm. it's Regina. And Snow goes on about how, oh, gosh, it's so great to get rid of her. I mean, she's basically, to paraphrase, it's like, oh, she was hot garbage. Mm-hmm. She's, she is nothing but trash that needed to be taken out. And so at the end of the day, no one, no one loves her. She's just a evil? thing. She's just pure evil. She's a thing that needs to be discarded. There's nothing of value in her. And even if you're bad or evil, that stuff has to grate on you. Well, and that's how she became. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so it's more of the same, although I think it's more amplified now yeah. uh, because they're, they're, she doesn't have the part of Regina that was able to overcome all that and has experienced family and acceptance and forgiveness and grace and love and all, all those things. But she views us as weakness. Right. Right. So that's why she desperately wants to, you Have know, Henry understand. Yes. Yeah. But it's all from a self-serving, self-centered uh, aspect or right. perspective, because if you, really wanted to like explode that out you go well why would i if i really loved my son yeah then i wouldn't, I wouldn't him ask him that. to do these things that would put a blight on his soul right absolutely <laughs> so i think there's some opportunity there to explore that 
arc of the evil queen. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think how cool would it be for her to be able to turn that around and, you know, the, the ultimate villain villain, I think will always be rumple. I mean, I think we've established that, but if there was some sort of redemptive arc for the evil queen, uh, I think I think that would be good storytelling. Well, there, we saw when um, when they get in the mirror world, Dragon is in there, and we see him kind of lecture Regina. He said, "You know, when you came to my shop, we talked about this. We talked about balance." And she kind of snips back at him. She goes, "This is really not the time." And he goes, "No, you know, we talked about balance. We talked about um, there has to be a balance between good and evil and light and dark." And so I think more Star Wars references. Exactly. You know, and and I think that ultimately, here's what I think. Now nobody cares my opinion, but I'm I'm gonna do it anyway. Oh no, we do. Based on based on what you said, I foresee mm. at the end of all of this, mm. I think EQ's not going to be killed slash die, whatever. I think somehow she and Regina are gonna be uh She's going to be reabsorbed. I don't know if that's the right technical term, but I think somehow she's going to get back into Regina and Regina is going to be whole again and have to find that balance between good and evil. Mm. And I think that's ultimately what it will be. I really, really do. Because that, you can't you can't exist all good or all bad. You can't. People aren't that. People are both. Everybody has a little bit of something, whether it's flipping somebody off that takes your parking spot, you know, that's still not nice and being the best person in the world. You know, there's always, everybody's got a little bit of something in them that's either a little bit bad or a little bit, even bad people have a little bit of good, I would like to think. Um, so I really, hmm. that's my personal opinion. I think that's how it's all going to go down because based on what he said, because why would they have him say that? Why would they say there has to be a balance? We talked about you having a balance and then you cut out the bad part. And he was telling her and she, you know, and so I think why have him say that? Why have this man who is someone that they had gone to and looked to for answers because Emma was going to go look for him to help her parents. And he was like, that's beyond me. Um, and so we know he's, he's very talented, mystical guru ish. And for him to tell her there has to be this balance. I think that that's going to, that's what I think. No, that's fair. Makes sense to me. I don't know. I hope. Well, we'll, I think we'll definitely. Because maybe, maybe at the end, you know, with Emma and her dumb pronostication, I think maybe she does do battle with EQ and then somehow EQ just magically into Regina and then Regina is not only Regina, but she's EQ. And so she wears the pantsuits, but with the fancy jewelry and the boobs hanging out. So it's a combination of both of them. I like the visual that you have painted <laughs> in my mind's eye. You're welcome. I can make this work. I know you can. I can make this work. I know you can. And then we saw, to completely switch gears, but it just popped into my head, Zelina and Belle. <laughs> and their unholy trinity, which was not a trinity, unholy, I understand. Unholy trinity. Well, it's weird to see Reg Zelina and Belle working Diabolical together. Diabolical duo. Oh, I, I like that. It's weird. It's weird. Well, it's weird because Belle thinks she can boss Zelina around. Yeah, I mean, what, where did that... What? Wait. No. No. Do you not... Belle, have you not seen that's how badass the, Zelina is? You're a wicked witch. Shut your face. Sit down. 
But Sit Zelina's down. going you're, along you're, with you're it. You're upsetting the baby. And she's appealing to the fact that they've both loved people that can't either love them back or love them the way that they need. And so she's totally manipulating. So? You know, and I also, so here's my other pronostication. I think Belle is probably more of a beast than the majority of the people on this show because she manipulates people and she uses people and she... Oh, I'm so sweet and barkwormy. I think she's probably the most evil out of all of them because she's not who she says she is. I really, honestly, that you said that, I really want Belle to become a villain. She is a villain. Well, but like full blown because she manipulates everybody. She, oh, woe is me. Help she, me, help me. Knife she, twist, knife twist. Is so in love with the darkness. But I know won't she's admit it. fascinated by the darkness. She she's attracted to people who are horribly dark. She goes from gold to Zelina. I'm not saying attracted that way, but I mean as far as power, she loves power. Mm-hmm. She loves darkness. She's she thrives on that. No, you're absolutely right, and I think right now she is drawing closer to Lacey territory than oh, you she liked has. it when she, you didn't, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that. Well, that that character, I don't, I don't, I think that was, I wouldn't say that was really who Belle is, but that again, does that not go into this duality yeah. uh, theme for the season? I mean, I think that when she no longer realized who she was as Belle, I don't think that means that Lacey wasn't part of her somehow. And I think that's the thing that she's always fighting. And I think that's going to start coming out more and more. And if it doesn't, they've missed a good opportunity, but I would agree. We've only seen that character the one time, but I think that was indicative of who deep down she flirts with wanting to be at times and it's this other person that we see currently that is one out. And I and I see her I can see her balance getting out of whack as well. Mm-hmm. And I just think it'd be interesting for it's interesting that she calls people out but yet does the same kind of things. Well, she calls them do. out for being evil and then she uses them because they you, are. You should help me because this, this, right. this. Okay, yeah, guilt somebody into something. Right. Yeah, that's altruistic. Right. What? You're evil no. and horrible, but I need you. Yeah, exactly. It's because you're evil and horrible Egg, that I'm going to use you. Exactly. You know, and Zelina <laughs> has proven that she has more feelings than anybody on the show, I think. I think she's the most deeply passionate and deeply emotional out of everybody and everything she does is full on out of feelings whether she's hurt or angry or loved or whatever and so to go to Zelina and appeal to her you know we we both loved people who don't know how to love us and you know how this feels and so of course Zelina is going to go help her and they team up with Jasmine and, and um, Aladdin and Aladdin goes into gold shop to steal the wand and who honestly thinks gold doesn't know this who thinks that well, well first of all Jasmine getting on my nerves. No, you can't go steal that. We got to go save Agrabah. Again, this is your only job. You're only as useful to me mm-hmm. for this one thing. This is all you bring to the table, Aladdin. I can't have you trotting off. Going to help these other people. Helping this tart steal a <laughs> wand. I can't have that. 
she did repent later in the episode. She did. That she, she and I like that. I like that. Did. I was she glad they did that. That's what heroes do. They help people. And then we had probably one of the sweetest scenes. Mm, um, and yes. this is something that we had talked about on our Facebook chat. And, and we kind of, like I said, we just went back and watched it. And not only did Aladdin take the wand, um, she the wand, Belle wanted the wand so that Zelina could kind of zap her somewhere else so that gold couldn't find her so she could have the baby. Um, and so he ends up getting the wand for her, but he also took the lamp. And so he gives it to Jasmine and um, she asks if he's in there and he says, no, my old pal has moved on. And she said, so the genie's not in there. And he said, and she was kind of sad. And he said, no, he's free now. And it was just such a, yeah, it was very, very sweet, very, very touching. Um, I don't think you could watch that and not know that there was a lot behind that, you know, and, and, and make you sad all over again. And, um, yeah, so but, that was a very sweet scene. Yes, very sweet scene. Very, very touching. Um, a nice ode. Yeah. A nice uh, memorial, yeah. if you if you will. And they did make reference that there is someone in there. There's somebody in there. Hopefully they can help. And so... We don't know who. Well, if we go... It, well, but if we go by Aladdin, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, then it would be Jafar. Well, but Jafar's his dad... No. no, no, he's not. Not at Sorry. all. Sorry, sorry. I had a Disney Descendants moment there, and it, it confused me in my head because I could see the Disney Descendants kids in my head, and I was like, "No, no, no, no." Did you see the look I was giving I you? I did. In no, that it pregnant was, pause. It's it like, was more can't, can't. the Descendants movie in my head, and I—that's not okay. <laughs> uh, no, so Genie was free, right? Jafar was in prison, right? So that. That would make sense, right? But that doesn't mean that's who it's going to be. But it, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Yeah. So we'll 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 see, we'll see what happens there. Right, um, and then and then we find out um, real fast. We find out when Bell and Zelina end up back at the the um, the farmhouse, <laughs> Zelina's little farmhouse. Um, they're about to zap her somewhere, and and Rubble shows up. And he says, you know, did you honestly think that, you know, I knew that the street rat was stealing more than just so-and-so. And so he slaps these beautiful gold bracelets on Belle. And of course she was irritated. I'm thinking, who gets mad when your husband gives you beautiful gold bracelets? But anyway, she was pretty ticked because now he knows everywhere she's going. And and I don't know if it's like a, I don't know. I, he doesn't, he's not tying her to anything. He just knows where she's going. It's not like she can, I mean, it's not something that's, what he said was he'll know where she is, that she can't, maybe that's it, that she can't leave. I don't know. I'm trying to understand what the bracelets actually I, do. I, I think he was trying to quote the police song, Every Step You Take. Because he I'll said, be, I'll find you. Yeah, right. So he you. But we're 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 just Johnny <laughs> on the spot with our references. Man, our brains are just not... No, our brains are working. I was because right when you were saying that, I was thinking about the bracelets and thinking about what he told her. He gave her one. He slapped on her wrist, and then she was just she can livid. go. She can go wherever, but he'll, but he'll find know, her. right? He'll know. So it's not that she's tethered to that area, but she'll run so fast and so far. <laughs> no, no, yeah, Belle. She's not, yeah, she's not Belle, going, sweetie, dearie, dearie. Have you not been watching the show? Do you not? Do you not understand how magic works? You're not going anywhere. 
Well, and, and she gets really mad. I mean, she's livid that he would do something when like this. When does she not get mad? She's, That's Belle's M.O. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and so then she's all ticked at him, and then he tries to start strangling Zelina, and we find out. For another Star Wars reference, he, he tries to force choke <laughs> Zelina. <laughs> and so he finds out, we find out, he finds out, and we find out at the same time. He wait, can't, t- wait, hold on. I want to be clear. He finds, he finds out, out and we, we find, find out. out. <laughs> so we're... We're all finding out. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> My goodness. Thanks, Joshua. That, well, because it's important. He finds it out and we'll, we find it out. There's very few we'll times see that if we, we get to it. <laughs> that we all find out stuff at the same time. My goodness. That when they were in New York and his little ticker stopped working um, and she helped save him, that the only way that that worked is that he is, is not able to hurt her. He can't kill her. And she made sure that that happened. It was a little insurance policy she put against him. So he cannot kill Zelina. And if he tries, he gets a heart attack. Mm -hmm. He has a heart attack. He gets a heart attack. He has a heart attack. He dies. Well, he has a heart attack. Okay. So. It hurts him. Yes, exactly. Moving on. And so (laughs) at the end, we see when he and and EQ are doing their kissy face. Stop. Stop with that. He wants her to kill Zelina, which like you were talking about, you could see just the ever so slightest look mm-hmm. on her face where she does mm-hmm. not care to do that. But yeah, and so that I thought that was an interest. There was a lot of interesting things throughout this episode. Definitely a lot of interesting things. Uh, so how many how many bugs would you rate this episode? Wow. So there were so many good parts to the episode. Mm-hmm. Like you had the snow and charming stuff. You had Henry angsty and you had him setting up the diner with all the balloons. Where does he do this? How does he do this? He has no magic. How does he do this? Um, uh, and, and I'm glad you said that because that brings us to a question here in just a minute about his magic. So potential. And the snow and charming stuff was just really, really good. I liked that. And I liked that at the end where he, saw the empty notebook paper. I know you're asking me about bugs, but I'm trying to, because I'm trying to think, (laughs) I don't want to go too high, but I also don't want to go like three to me. It's just like, Um, I'm going to go with four. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking four just because there were so many good things. And just the way that Regina and Emma teamed up and they were moms together and they were in the way that Henry's growing up and you have that mom thing. And then you have hook saving the day and threatening to kill EQ. because She was going to hurt his love. And so hook was in the episode and yeah, I guess I'll go for. Okay. You sure about that? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to go more than four. Well, I don't know. I kind of want to go four and a half, but that seems high. If I go four and a quarter, look at that. I'm going to price this right. You four and a quarter. Yeah. Weird. Why is that weird? That's fine. So moving on. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if you are not part of our Facebook uh, group on Facebook, again, brain not firing on all <laughs> cylinders. I could have said that a little better. Our Facebook group on Twitter. We have... Qu- <laughs> no. <laughs> we have quite the community. We do. Going on there. And it's a lot it of fun. a lot of fun. You can request to join that group if you go to nthcast.com slash oncers. And Suley... And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh, she had a thought about the episode. She asked, since Henry did use the hammer to break the mirror, does that mean he will now have magic? And th- several people responded, kind of giving their 
input and feedback and scratching their head as well. So I think that's something for us to discuss. And well, and was it? I I think it was um, Mary Jane that said he's the author, so therefore he does have magic. Well, okay, so right. I think this is something for all of us to ponder and weigh in on and give us feedback on because in this episode in particular, it established that he does not have magic. Right, because that's why she went and got the hammer of Festivus from gold. (laughs) Because because somebody without magic is the only person that can use it. Right. But we also found out, which I thought was another interesting thing, you can't squish a heart unless you don't have magic, unless you have magic. Correct, which is why he needed to use the hammer. I know that, but Otherwise, I didn't know that. I thought heart. that once well, the heart a, was out there, all it took was somebody walking up and going, and it was gone. Well, but now we know, and I don't know if that's ever been established before. So, exactly. So that's good. That Another a, thing that we found out. <laughs> man. Uh, I would say that if he doesn't one day develop the ability he's missing a great opportunity based on his heritage but this is a and and i don't and i kind of went back and looked i don't think i don't necessarily think any of the authors ever had magic per se it was more that they were using a magic quill and the more i thought about it is like well an author having actual full-on magic might not make sense. And I, I say that from purely from an auditing perspective and a segregation of duties, if you mm, will. Yeah. Would you want someone that had magic and writing the story? I mean... No, I, I see what you're saying. But to kind of take a leap from that, the quill chose him, mm-hmm. right? Like the wand chooses the wizard. The quill chose him. And so now that the quill is not in use, maybe now he has a little bit of that magic. Because he's still able to write stories, he just doesn't have the utensil to do it. Correct? I, that is my understanding. I think what we're going to see is a shift in how his his author powers, if you will, mm-hmm. manifest themselves. I think I think that's around the corner. I think yeah, we're gonna start I would seeing agree with that. I think what they're trying what they were trying to do is establish that there's more in store from him from an heroic perspective and he's going to do some things that he's never been capable of doing before mm-hmm. and i think breaking the mirror with the hammer was just the start true how did he know that that would work he did and how how was it without having magic when the his moms were tapping screaming. on the mirror from the other side and screaming it was moving the mirror and he knew something was happening whereas no one else would now you could say no, no one else responded the way that, that he, he did, did because they well snow did she knew that she well, was watching she knew, yeah but she could feel it probably more than right anything. and so call that some sort of intuition maybe the fact that those were his moms and there's just that strong connection yeah. there i don't know but i think some things are coming up i think mm-hmm. i think they've been playing with the idea of him maybe having magic for many seasons. Yeah. And this is the same kid that wanted to destroy magic yep. and then turn around and it's like, we got to have magic, magic and saved it. Yeah. So I, I think all of that is playing up to, we're going to see, we're going to see something manifest itself. I think soon, sooner rather than later. And I think Henry's going to be, have the ability to do things that he hasn't been able to do before. 
I'm hesitant to say that he ha- would have full on magic, but I think he's going to be able to harness it somehow. Uh, and and I think the quill being broken is not going is not going to stop him from being able to use it. I mean, he's an author. He, clearly, he has power, right? And maybe it's not the way that we see magic used in this world, but I think they're. I know I'm being vague on purpose, but I I don't know. I just think that they're they're setting something up for him, and he's going to be more more of a hero in this season here here very soon than we realize. So, does he have magic today? If he does, he doesn't really he doesn't he know doesn't how know to harness. He doesn't know how to harness it clearly. No. Will he have future? Will he have? magic in the future i think it's a distinct possibility i just don't think he has it i just don't think he 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 may have it but he doesn't understand how to harness it so does that mean that he has magic i mean maybe i know that was a long-winded <laughs> that was a long, that was a maybe. long, long walk for a short <laughs> drink of water but i think the answer to the question is maybe maybe <laughs> and I, we'll see but but it's but his his journey around that has been yeah very fascinating i mean well you know and and it took a lot you know and she was eq was ragging on him for being weak and soft um and i think it takes way more courage for him to do what he did in breaking the mirror and taking that chance than it would have for him to just hammer the heart and kill the old man because there's no way she would have let those two come out anyway or without doing something nefarious to him but he did. He just did it. He broke the mirror and because he refused to let her turn him bad. And that took a lot of courage. Mm. But I'd like to keep that discussion going. And uh, hopefully my rambling didn't scare anybody <laughs> off from wanting to talk about it further. Because I think there's I think there's a lot to mine there. Yeah. And I think for, for those of us that can remember back to earlier seasons, if there's hints and clues to things that maybe we've missed. I'd certainly like to hear about it. So, um, well, I mean, think about it. He's the the son. Almost said the daughter. He's the son of the product of true love, who, and the grandson of the dark one, the darkest dark one. Well, his grandfather and his mother, and his, his great grandfather, and his soon to be stepdad have all been the dark one. Yeah, but the stepdad wouldn't matter. And. No, all I'm, I'm trying to say is he's been surrounded by a lot of darkness. He's, he's been, <laughs> his lineage is full of magic. Well, the the once upon a time family tree It's a little murky. Uh doesn't seem to have too many branches. No, it's it's <laughs> no, it's very incestuous. And along those lines, I'd like to close with this thought. Oh. We see that the dragon was very distraught over having lost a daughter. Mm, mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of speculation as to, well, ooh. Who's his daughter? Who's his daughter? A lot of people think, ah, it's Lily mm. or it's Mulan. Here's my thought. I have no real basis in this, just something that just popped into my head. What if those are all off base? Mm-hmm. And just because we don't, we we have the history of Maleficent saying that she didn't know 
who Lily's father was because all that happened when they were in dragon form. Uh, and so there was no necessarily uh, no recollect, recollection. And so I think that if that all happened in dragon form, that it's possible that the father wouldn't even know that he had a daughter. So because he's in, again, in dragon form. Oh, that's right. So Maleficent if, if Maleficent was in duh. dragon form when that happened. Yes. And she didn't know who the father was. It stands to reason that the father would know that he was the father. So I think that eliminates the dragon from being Lily's father because how how would he be able to know that he lost a daughter? And did he really lose Lily? Don't think so. I think, again, with the Star Wars reference, what if the dragon is Maleficent's father? Hmm. And that he lost her to the darkness because she is known as the queen of darkness. So if you have any thoughts on I'll be your mirror or I'll be your that bomb that I just dropped. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to process <laughs> that. I, I think there's some some thought there. Yeah. Something to think about. Who Is knows? she known as the Queen of Darkness? Yes, absolutely. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. You huh. can hit us up on Twitter at once upon it, or you can send us an email once. Well, but in the Disney <laughs> Maleficent movie, she was a fairy, not a Dra- no, she wasn't. She was a fairy. She did turn into. <sighs> Which the CGI dragon in this episode was actually some of the better was, CGI I've seen yeah. in a while. Another minor complaint at times, the CGI can be quite cheesy. This dragon was pretty awesome, I thought. Getting back to how you can contact us before I was rudely interrupted. I'm sorry. I'm trying to piece it all together. <laughs> I know I'm, you are. I'm trying to figure it all out. I know you are. And I'm trying to take us home. I'm sorry. Or you can email us once at anthcast.com. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.